Lionel Shipman, Shipshaking Finances Show. And I am your host, Lionel Shipman. Welcome to the show. I am so glad to be here tonight. And I want to say a big thank you to all of my listeners, uh, all my regular listeners, as well as all of, my, all of my new listeners. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, we have a great show. Uh, I have a very uh, special guest, uh, colleague and friend, uh, Miss Janae Adams is here tonight, and we're going to hear her in the main segment this evening. So you don't want to miss out on that, so please stay tuned. Uh, the call-in number is 917-889-8078. Again, the number is 917-889-8078. Now, before we move forward into the show, uh, I just want to make our listeners aware of our Know Your History Black History Month contest, which was announced in this month's CWR National Newsletter. Uh, to enter the contest, you can submit your entry at our website, and that website is www.cwrtalknetwork.com. That's cwrtalknetwork.com. Just go to the bottom of our homepage, click on the February newsletter link under the Know Your History Black History Month contest heading. Now, all you have to do is just send in the names of all nine of the black history makers shown there on the website. Your correct entry could be picked and you could win $100. So know your black history you have the possibility of winning $100. So submit your entry today at cwrtalknetwork.com and also become a subscriber of our newsletter. Now, I want to uh, just say if you haven't connected with me on social media, I am on, I guess, all of them practically. <laughs> uh, you can catch me on Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and I also have a YouTube channel. So I would ask all of you to help me spread the word about this show. I want to give a big thank you, as I've done in past shows, to all of you who have purchased my new book, Sacred Vows, The Not or Not. I pray that it is a blessing to you. And if you don't have a copy, you can get it on Amazon or at Barnes & Noble. Or if you would like to order an autographed copy, Yes, you can get an autograph copy. Uh, just submit your request on my own website, and that is www.shipmanconsulting.com. That's Shipman, S-H-I-P-M-A-N, consulting.com. Click on the Contact Us page and submit your request. Now, let's take a couple of minutes and listen to this Black History Moment. During the month of February, the CWR Talk Network is proud to present our special series, Black American Achievement Profiles, honoring the achievements of black Americans from the past and the present. 
sponsored by Bass Edwards and Associates Virtual Services Corporation, the leader in work from home opportunities. Bass Reeves was an imposing figure at six feet, two inches tall, and 180 pounds. He made even the most violent outlaws think twice before they resisted arrest. This, along with the fact that he was a skilled, ambidextrous gunslinger, could account for Reeves' extraordinary ability to round up and bring in multiple prisoners at once. On one occasion, he herded 19 horse thieves to the federal jail in Fort Smith, Arkansas, by himself. Born into slavery in 1838, his early years were spent as the property of the William S. Reeves family of Crawford County, Arkansas. In 1846, the family moved to Grayson County, Texas, where Reeves remained with them until the Civil War. During the war, he escaped to Indian Territory, present-day Oklahoma, where he found refuge among the Creek and Seminole tribes and learned their languages and ways of life. He often assisted deputy marshals with his knowledge of the land as they tracked criminals through Indian Territory. This led to a commission of his own as a deputy marshal in 1875. Reeves became one of the first African-American deputy marshals west of the Mississippi River. Reeves' tracking abilities and skills with a gun soon earned him notoriety with the outlaws throughout the region. He brought in outlaws by the dozens from all over Indian Territory. In 1890, he arrested Greenleaf, a Seminole outlaw who evaded capture for 18 years and murdered seven people. In 1902, he made his most difficult arrest, his own son, Benny, for the murder of his wife. Through a career spanning 32 years, there is no record of Reeves ever being wounded, a feat that earns him the nickname, the Invincible Marshal. Reeves served under seven different U.S. Marshals. He died of Bright's disease, a disease of the kidneys, in January 1910. Bass Reeves, Black American History Maker, legendary U.S. Marshal. Listen for more Black American Achievement Profiles throughout the month on the CWR Talk Network. Black American Achievement Profiles is sponsored by Bass, Edwards, and Associates Virtual Services Corporation. The innovative solution to at-home work opportunities by reaching new pinnacles every day with ingenuity, integrity, and class. For more information, call 405 405- 928-3254. You're listening to the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show with host Lionel Shipman on the CWR Network. People been saying to your friends, get a different face. And posting on their feed, they're super ugly. The things they say to them online are cruel and they're not true. So tell your friend, I'll stand up for you. Don't worry, I know what to do. Know someone being bullied online? You can be a witness and make a difference by letting the world know it isn't cool and by letting your friend know you care. Learn more at eyewitnessbullying.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council.
Welcome back to the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show with your host, Lionel Shipman, on the CWR Network. Well, we're back here on the show tonight. Uh, I have a very special guest uh, as we go into this next segment. Uh, she is an international speaker, author, and the CEO of EMAC Consulting. But when she was in college, she let money rule her life. A short time after graduation, she found herself in $50,000 of debt. She dug her way out of debt in just two years by following the principles that she now speaks about to audiences all around the world as a professional motivational speaker. She speaks around the world to various universities, corporations, high schools, and nonprofits about financial literacy. She recently released her second book, The Money Attractor, Everyone's Guide to Winning with Money So They Can Live Their Dreams. Her first book was, now you have to check out this title, Debt Sucks University, College Students' Guide to Winning with Money so they can live their dreams. She has spoken on behalf of the White House and the Department of Education. Her advice has been featured on Forbes, the BBC, CNBC, Huffington Post, Black Enterprise Magazine, Fox Business, Jet Magazine, no I'm not finished yet, bizwomenjournal.com, learnvest.com, USA Today, USA Today College, and NPR's Marketplace Money. Welcome to the show, my special guest and friend, Miss Janae Adams. How you doing, Janae? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. I'm glad that you were able to be on. Now, while we got this valuable time here, I, 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 we're going to go right into it so all my listeners can get to know who you are and what you do a little bit more in detail. So now you're the owner and the CEO of EMAC Consulting. Now tell us, what, what do you provide to your clients through your company? So most of my clients are usually higher ed institutions, so colleges and universities, as well as corporations. So my clients are um, big ones, not really individuals. And what I'm doing is helping college students stay in college by helping them with their finances. And whenever I deal with corporations, I'm helping their employees with financial stress just to alleviate that so that they can be more focused while they're at work. So my major clients are usually colleges and universities as well as corporations. Okay, great. Yeah, because money can be stressful, can it? <laughs> yes, it can. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it can. I mean, it's amazing how uh, many people don't realize it, but when the money is short and when you can't make ends meet, uh, it can bring a lot of stress upon you and your family. Uh, I mean, it can it, it it can surely be a disruptor for sure. It it, it can. Yeah. Now, as I have mentioned on some of my earlier uh, shows, you know, my parents they they worked very hard and they they mm-hmm. were able to provide uh, for us growing up. You know, there were you know there was seven of us. You know, I'm the youngest of seven in my family. And they made sure that we had all the things that we need, you know. You know, in addition to the things that we needed, they were able to give us some of the things that we wanted in life. And, you know, they, 
They didn't have the financial knowledge that we have today. But mm-hmm. I was able to pick up a few things uh, of which I've spoken on the show about. I want to mention those two things uh, before I go into my next question. You know, th- my parents told me, well, my dad especially, he would tell me, uh, don't live a champagne life on a beer budget. Yeah. <laughs> and he also told me, don't spend, he, he's make sure you spend within your means. So, you know, I've yeah. tried to live by that rule every day. So will you t- kind of share with us, how was your experience with money growing up? Oh, with my experience with money growing up, it was just seeing that my parents worked very hard. Like you said, your parents worked hard as well. Um, and just seeing the way that they were able to save money and the way that, you know, even times that they made mistakes, I was able to learn from those mistakes as well. And I was able to take that with me. I would say that the best money advice I ever received from my mother is one day she, she of course, got a bunch of mail one day, and she took one piece of mail out. And she walked me over to the trash can and told me to come in, come here to her. And I said, I probably was about nine, nine years old when she did that. And she walked over to the trash can and it was a credit card application. And Mm. she ripped it up in my face. And she said, we don't use credit cards. (laughs) Ah. She she said, that's that's not what we do. And so she ripped it up in my face. She said, we don't do that. Um, If we don't have the money, we don't get it. And that's, and I never forgot that day. The trash can was white. She walked me over to it and ripped it up <laughs> in my face. And I have actually done that to my two kids. I have a five-year-old and a ten-year-old, um, and I've done that as well to them. So that that is the one money lesson I have learned the, that I've remembered the most um, from my parents was my mother doing that because it was just so blatantly in my face. And I also remember one thing, another lesson that she taught me. She told me, uh-huh. she said, you're either going to work a lot for a little bit of money or work a little bit for a lot of money. And I never forgot that. Oh, I like that one now. I, I like both <laughs> of those because, see, I have a 15-year-old and a soon-to-be 17-year-old. And I, you know what? You've given me an idea, Janae. I think I'm <laughs> going to do my 17-year-old like that because, you know, she's going to be starting college in the next couple of years. And she knows, you know, we've, I've taught her well about, you know, credit mm-hmm. and she, she has, she works and she makes her own money. And she has her own debit card and we sit down. And budget with her every month, but that would be a great thing to remember. Take her over the trash can. You said it was white. <laughs> it was a white trash can, so I knew it. I, I remember it to this day. Or her, I didn't know what she wanted, but she just took me over there and ripped it right in my face and told me exactly what it was. And we're not going to be in that, doing see, that. See, 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 it's those moments that you remember the most. So that's 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 fantastic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now, 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 share with us uh, your college your college experience with money. I mean, did you have like credit cards or student loans and things like that? So, yeah, my college experience with money was a lot different than most people because I actually went to college on a full ride tennis scholarship, which a lot of people don't know. Uh, they hear about the fifty thousand dollars of debt that I paid off, and they don't understand that I had a great start in college. Um, the only money problems I had in college is I always lost my debit card, which was ridiculous. <laughs> and, so, and I mean, I lose it in the grass. I lose it here and there. And, I, and my mother worked for a bank. She worked for Wachovia. Oh. And okay. so it was completely embarrassing for her to have to bring me into the bank every you know, few months and say, my daughter has lost her card again. Can you give oh, her another one? 
And so yeah. that was, I was very irresponsible with keeping up with that card. Um, I would say if I had money in my pocket, I held on to that. But if it was that card, so many times playing tennis, I would take it out of my pocket and it fall right on in the grass so anyone could pick oh. it up and use it. <laughs> <laughs> now, did, it, did anybody happen to <laughs> utilize it? <laughs> I did have a couple of times that they had to forgive some charges on, on oh. the card where I had oh. dropped it off and didn't realize I didn't have it for maybe a couple of days. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah, I can't say I had that problem. I had a little spending problem. I had like <laughs> five credit cards when I came out of college. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I was a little ignorant. You know, I, I took the T-shirts and uh, that they yeah, were offering the there. And, uh, yeah, and I didn't realize that the money wasn't free. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, a lot of a lot of us didn't. So yeah, it's understandable, especially when they're on college campuses. At the at the time, they can't do that anymore with the pizzas yeah. and the t-shirts. Oh, Matt, will you repeat that again? I'm like, I I didn't realize that. Yeah, they at 2009. That was one of the things that came out under the Obama administration that credit card mm-hmm. companies can no longer be on college campuses, and you have to be 21 to sign up for a credit card unless you have a co-signer who's 21 and over. So they can't be on campuses anymore um, doing that whole pizza and T-shirt kind of thing and getting those students in the debt. Oh, fantastic. See, that was a great piece of nugget right there. That was a great nugget right there. <laughs> uh, now, you have written two books. Now, of, of course, I, I knew about the Debt Sucks University, which I, to mm-hmm. this day, I love that title. <laughs> I love that title. <laughs> now, now, how, what, what inspired you to write uh, your first book? I just want to go to that one first. Uh, what inspired me to write the first one? I remember I had started writing it, but I had stopped. And um, I, the reason I wrote it, because I had been speaking all over the country on college, this isn't enough for us. We need more. Can you write a book? And I finally started writing it. But then I stopped. And then one young man that I had met that I had seen a few times at different conferences, as well speaking on his campus, he passed away. Um, and so he, he had even su- suggested a question to be asked in the book and for me to answer. He had submitted one. And when I learned that he had passed away, I was I remember I was going to Jamaica the next week and I finished the rest of the book the three days I was in Jamaica. Um and I dedicate the book to him. Uh and also answer one of his questions back in the back as well. So it, it was really him um passing away that really made me kick it in the gear and get it done. Okay. Oh good. Now let's see, can you share just kind of give us a glimpse of what uh the readers were, were taking in by reading the book? Um, the first one is, is definitely geared towards high school and college students, and it's really about how I paid off the $50,000 a day in two years, but it starts off in my life in college. And so not only does, you know, if you were thinking about buying it for a high school or college student, not only does it talk about the money part, but it talks about standing out from the crowd, not keeping up with the Joneses, being a leader in the classroom, how to get internships and future careers, and how to use social media the right way so you don't get kicked out of school, <laughs> which so many <laughs> students are doing right now. Uh, so yes. it's not just the money part. It's everything else that has to do with their life and soft skills that they need in order to bring more money into their life anyway. Now, I, I love that aspect. So you, you cover, I mean, I, I, I do a, a segment that I call Living Life Beyond uh, High School. So okay. your book yeah. would be would be I mean I mean oh wow I, I need to get it in the hands of 
of some high school students because I, I do a number of uh, talks to high school students. So I will make sure that I do a, uh, some marketing for you. Uh, oh, thank you. It's in the hand of, of some high schoolers. And, and I pull like this, and to start with my two here at home, uh, I, like I said, two teenage girls, 15 and soon to be 17. And any 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 type of good, solid, financial, informative, just life information that I can instill within my children, I try to do that as often as I can. So that's good to know that you cover not only the financial aspect, but you cover soft skills and things like that. So, yes. yeah. 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 You, you hit on something uh, when you said about social media, of course, mm-hmm. we are in that age right now where it is huge. And some of our students, be it college as well as high school students, don't really uh, know the impact that, you know, a uh, uh, posting or a video yeah, social media. could have upon yeah. their career and, and their future. And uh, I, I've had some horror stories uh, heard here, you know, within the school district where my children are, uh, mm-hmm. of kids, you know, posting things that they shouldn't or saying something that they shouldn't, and uh, they, they have paid for it already. So yeah. I commend you for putting that aspect in the book. It's very important. A lot of kids, uh, students are getting kicked out of college, definitely. It's not as many people getting in trouble in high school. When they get to college, they're they're definitely getting kicked out because who they think their friends are on social media are not their friends, and they will have them on the evening news. Yeah, good point, good point. <laughs> so, so, so why is money management important, especially to college students? Why is that important? Well, yeah, money management is definitely important to college students because – a lot of them, they're going to college to um, improve their lives, whether it's financially, socially, whatever it may be. And so being able to not only get there because of your test scores, it's important to get to the graduation stage, and that takes money and takes money management. A lot of college students, the, way, the reason that they end up dropping out is they spend their refund check one semester, and then they find out they needed the refund check the next semester, and now they drop out. <laughs> So <laughs> they're in debt, they with no job, and so they're worse off than they were before they went there. So being able to um, stay away from payday loan places, I've heard those stories from students where they needed $500, yes. and then they went in there to the payday loan, they came out, and they owed them $1,000. And it's, wow. it's so many different money management skills that are not being taught at the university because they have to teach them everything else, but they need right. it in order to stay in college. Yeah, I had, I don't know if it's two weeks ago, I did a, uh, a segment on uh, college cost. It was, it was an article that I read, and it made mm-hmm. mention of, of some of that, that information right there, how uh, students will, you know, they make it into college. They, you know, un- sometimes you have to borrow money. If you have to borrow money, just make sure you borrow yeah. what you need, not this over-exorbitant amount uh, to satisfy exactly, you going yeah. out on the weekend and things like that. But you have so many students that borrow these borrow this money, and some of them don't even graduate college, yeah. and they have never really been taught how to budget the money out over the course of you know, it's like you said about your your refund. You know, they they blow it all and then don't realize you needed that next quarter. You needed some money, so exactly. having these skills, yeah, having these skills in place is like vitally important. It definitely is. Now tell me, uh, 
on. See, time just goes by. I need to. I think I may need to just go to an hour segment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna squeeze it in now. Tell us a little bit about your second book, then. And so my second book, The Money Tractor, is really for people who pay bills. That's the best way I can say it. <laughs> so if you're paying bills, then you that covered is what everybody did. This, Yeah, I did. And so this is this story starts really when I got laid off and found out I was $50,000 in debt. So most people can relate to being laid off, to wanting to be their own boss. That's in their entrepreneurship. I actually um, feature about five female entrepreneurs in there. And then I also talk about how to get a raise and how to also increase bonuses and so forth, everything that brings more money into you. So the money attractor is all about those who pay bills and how I paid off the $50,000 of debt in two years. Fantastic. Wow. Uh, that's, I look forward to reading that book as well. Then. Mm-hmm. Now tell us, uh, Janae, what's on the horizon for you in the next uh, few months? Any new projects, anything coming up? So currently I'm actually on my All About You speaking tour. And so I have about 15 cities scheduled, but today alone about five more dates have been proposed, but the contracts haven't been signed. So I never okay. talk about cities until <laughs> contracts <laughs> are signed. But a lot of opportunities that. came today. Exactly. So I, my speaking schedule is out through July right now, um, and okay. but we're going to be moving into the fall soon. So most of my business is speaking around the country. Okay, perfect. Now, will you tell us, tell the listeners, how can they reach you or contact you or you know, get, inf- get more information about who you are and what you're doing? Well, definitely on my website is debtsucksuniversity.com. And, of course, if you follow me on Instagram, and it's Janae Adams Speaks, so J-A-N-E-T-A-D-A-M-S, S-T-E-A-K. You can follow me at that um, account, both on Instagram and Twitter. And that's where you'll be able to get so much more information about me. And that's where all the links are. Um, And of course, the book is on Amazon. The Money Attractor is on Amazon. But if you follow me on Instagram, you will get so much information and so many links (laughs) that you'll find everything just coming to Instagram, definitely. Instagram and Twitter. I can attest to that because I do follow you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, I post now, a do lot. You have, <laughs> yes, I know. Well, hey, you have to. I mean, this is the, hey, yeah, this the age of right now. You, that's the way they reach people now. I tell you, it, it was yeah. new. I remember a few years ago when I had a colleague to tell me, uh, he said, well, are you, you need to get on Twitter. And I'm thinking, ah, that's for entertainers. That's for the, you know, yeah. my things like that. He said, no, uh, you need to be on there. And uh, lo and behold, I've been on it, been on now for a few years now, but it is definitely a way of getting, getting your message out there, but also uh, allowing people to see who you are and what you're all about. So. Indeed. (laughs) Now uh, let's see, you gave us your website, you gave us uh, your, your information as far as where your books can be located, where your books are located. Now, do you have mm-hmm. any closing words, or any thoughts to give out to our listeners or to students who may be listening in as well? Yeah, if anybody's listening and thinking about, you know, that if they're having any money issues or stress about anything, um, I would say my one tip to you going forward is to think about your dreams. Um, your dreams are your why. And a lot of people ask me, well, Janae, how did you pay off 50 grand in two years? And I, I always tell them, I say, if you don't have your why, it won't matter what the how is. 
I said, because I can tell you the how, and as soon as things get hard, you'll completely quit. But if you have your why in front of you, what you want to do once you get out of debt, that'll make you get out of debt much quicker. Ah, very good point. Very good closing. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Well, uh, thank you again, Janae, for uh, being a guest here on the show. And thank you for having me as well. Okay, perfect. Well, that's a wrap. I want to thank all of my listeners for tuning into the Lionel Shipman Ship Shape Your Finances show. You can catch my show every Tuesday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, my website, uh, where you can catch some of my archive shows, it is www.shipmanconsulting.com. And definitely visit our network site at cwrtalknetwork.com. Now, remember these words regarding your money and your life. Give cheerfully, spend carefully, and invest wisely. Talk to you next week.